0: The reading comes from Luke chapter one and beginning at verse five. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zachariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well on in years. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he'd seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people.
1: Thank you, Gene. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to delve into your word today. And we ask that as we open up this passage together, we will hear your voice above everything. Lord, have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well we're kicking off a new sermon series today at the start of this new year and essentially over the course of 2021 we are going to be looking at two books together in the Bible. They're essentially two volumes of the same book but we're going to spend this year looking at both of them. So the first half of the year we are going to be walking with Jesus through the Gospel of Luke And in the second half of the year, we're going to be walking with the early church in the book of Acts together. And as we kick off this sermon series today, I want to ask the question, have you ever found yourself asking God for something, something which seems good, something which seems right? something which seems like God would really want this to happen, only to find yourself waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and for those prayers to seemingly go unanswered. I know I have. I became a Christian in my early teens and for years I would pray that my mum would become a Christian too. I don't come from a Christian family. I long for the day where we would be stood next to each other in church, lost in wonder, love and praise for King Jesus, and on so many occasions, I gave my mum the gospel. We would talk about it time and time again. I'd give her tracts. I'd offer to pray with her. I wanted her to know Jesus for herself, and there would be times where it would seem like she was moving a little bit closer to coming to know Jesus, only to dig her heels in and then go, no, this isn't for me, and there was one fateful day where all my dreams and hopes and prayers were dashed, because at the age of 22, unexpectedly, my mum passed away. Have you been there, I wonder, where you have been praying for something that seems so good, but it just doesn't seem to happen? Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you have been praying for a loved one for a long time, and they don't seem to be moving any closer to Christ. Maybe you've been longing for God to speak to you, but he just seems silent. Maybe you have been asking God to put you in a new job because the job you've got is uncertain or hard and you don't know what's going on. Maybe you've been asking God for a baby and it just hasn't happened for you. Waiting is hard, isn't it? In many ways, we have faced months of waiting, waiting for these restrictions to end, waiting to see loved ones again, waiting to have our houses filled with our friends so we can entertain. I'm waiting for the day where this room that we're in this morning is properly filled with the people of God again, worshipping and lifting up the name of Jesus. It grieves my heart that in a short space of time, it will be a year since we've been in this building together And yet waiting is something that God calls us so often to do. I wonder where God is calling you to wait at the moment. And what is your response? Today, we're focusing at the start of this Gospel of Luke, on Luke chapter 1, 5 to 25. But before we get into that, I want to lay some foundations from the Old Testament and turn to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. And this is what it says. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. These are some of the last words which are recorded in the Old Testament, and these words were given by God to the people of Israel, telling about the coming Messiah and telling about the forerunner, John the Baptist, who would come and prepare a way for Jesus. And these words were written 400 years before the birth of Jesus. 400 years. That's amazing, isn't it? That before It happened 400 years, in fact, before it happened. God had told the people of Israel what was going to take place. If you ever want to know, if you can trust the words of scripture, if you ever want to know if what you have in front of you is reliable, you've only got to do a little bit of digging to see that it holds up to scrutiny. That 400 years before Jesus came, God had already told his people that that was going to happen. But the flip side to that Is that these were the last words to the people of Israel from God in the Old Testament? That means that there were 400 years of silence, 400 years of waiting, 400 years of praying, 400 years of slowly getting discouraged and disheartened. Have you ever been there, I wonder? Are you there right now, perhaps? What is God calling you to wait on at the moment, and what is your response? The couple that we read about together today, they certainly had been there. They'd certainly asked that question. Their request was a simple one God, give us a baby. But it hadn't happened for them. They would have asked time and time again. They probably got their friends to pray for them as well, that God would be gracious to them and give them a baby. But it got to a point in their life, in their old age, where it seemed like their prayers were never going to be answered. Surely, Zechariah and Elizabeth had to come to terms with the fact that God was not going to give them their heart's desire. But here's the great thing about this story. The name Zechariah means God remembers. God had not forgotten Zechariah and his wife. And what I want you to hear today, whether you are here in this room or you're watching on at home today, is that God has not forgotten you. Every prayer that you have prayed that seemingly goes unanswered, God remembers. Every time you have sought God and he seems silent, God remembers. Every time you have shed tears and you have pleaded with God to move, God remembers. Whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it is that you are seeking God for, it's not a case of it just hasn't happened yet, so it never will. God is on the throne. He knows what he is doing, and he remembers the prayers and the tears that you cry, and he will move in his time, maybe not in the way that you expect, but the promise is that God does not stand still. He knows what he is doing and he is on the throne. And what I want you to see today is that in your waiting, God is working. God is on the throne and knows what he is doing. But the big question that we have to ask today is how do we keep going in a season of waiting? At the beginning of every year, we tend to come into a year, don't we, with a renewed sense of hope, longing that this next year will be better than the last year that we have faced, longing that we might be transformed into a better version of ourselves than we previously have been. And I guess that's heightened even more this year at the start of 2021, isn't it? We're desperate to move on from the season that we have found ourselves in. No one wants to go through 2020 again. We are desperate to see a brighter tomorrow, but the reality is we simply don't know at this stage what 2021 is going to hold. We don't know how long we're going to be living with our current situation and our current circumstances. But... Even though there is so much uncertainty about what's going to happen in the coming days, in the coming weeks, and in the coming months, I do genuinely believe that this can be a season where our hearts are filled with hope in a season of waiting. How? Well, Zechariah gives us some clues today And the first thing that I want us to see as we open up and we consider this passage together today is that in a season of waiting, we have to consider how God prepares us. We read these words in verses 5 to 10. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Notice that as we open this passage up, what we read is that both Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in the sight of God. And yet for Jewish people in those days, to be childless was considered God's judgment upon you. How hard must it have been for Zechariah and Elizabeth to keep on keeping on in that time, to keep on being faithful to the things of God, to keep on doing what is right. Even when people were probably speaking about them and talking about them, and yet in the midst of it, they kept on pressing on and pressing in to what God was calling them to do. And then Zechariah is chosen by the casting of lots to burn incense at the temple. Now, to get chosen to burn incense in the temple, you had to overcome some pretty big odds. There were something like 18,000 priests who were eligible to go and do this particular role. And this was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And what Zechariah was unaware of at this point is that his whole life was heading towards this very moment. You see, it was in this moment that God was about to reveal his plans and his purposes, not just for Israel, but for the entire world, that salvation was coming. What had seemed like silence What had seemed like hopelessness, what had seemed like disappointment for Zechariah and Elizabeth was all part of a plan that was greater than anything that Zechariah could have come up with on his own. What I want you to see today is that with God, nothing is wasted. And that means that 2020 was not a wasted year for hope. Baptist Church and 2020 was not a wasted year for the Church of Jesus Christ globally and worldwide. Yes, things did not go as we intended them to go. This time last year, we were looking at a vastly different picture, weren't we? We were bursting at the seams in this building. We were having conversations about what the future of services was going to look like because we were beginning to not be able to fit everyone in. We had some amazing events planned just a few weeks ago. We should have had the London Community Gospel Choir with us for a big Christmas extravaganza. We had Philip Hannah coming to do a concert. We had other outreach events, which were on our radar too. And then it all got cancelled. And I'm sure on an individual level as well, looking back on 2020, you had hopes and dreams and desires which were dashed. I know there were several people within our church family who had big anniversaries last year and had planned trips abroad to celebrate with their loved one. And suddenly those plans were gone and dashed. People had all kinds of hopes and dreams and desires and it was cancelled in the blink of an eye. What happened? Was God distracted? Did he forget about us? No. What if, in the midst of it all, he was preparing us for something which was far greater than we could ever have planned for ourselves? Sometimes, before God works on our problems, he has to work on us. He has to get us ready and get us prepared for what is to come. In the midst of a troubled time, let's consider how God might be preparing us for the future and for what he has for us. And let's, at the start of this year, say yes and amen to all the plans that God has for us. The second thing that I believe this passage calls us to do is to begin to comprehend and think about how God speaks into our lives. When Zechariah was called to do this role of burning incense in the temple, it was genuinely a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Have you ever applied for a job, I wonder, where there has been a lot of interest in that role? Maybe hundreds of applicants who have gone for the role, and you think to yourself, There's not much chance that I'm going to get this job, but I'll stick an application in anyway, only to find out at the end of the process you've landed the role. I wonder if you've ever been in a position like that, how you felt about that when you got that call to say, congratulations, we are offering you the job. Zechariah was picked out of 18,000 people to go and burn incense at the altar. This was not a job for the faint hearted This was a role that had to be approached with a holy and reverent fear because if you got this role wrong, it could cost you your life. We see that in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 10 where Aaron's sons were put to death because they burnt incense in an unworthy manner. Zechariah knew exactly what he was called to do, but he must have faced every emotion under the sun going into it. He must have been excited. He must have been fearful. He must have not known what day it was at times. He must have been so overwhelmed with what he was called to do. And as Zechariah went in to do this role, a messenger from God appears, the angel Gabriel. And at the time, Zechariah was in The holy place, lighting incense at the altar, the other priests would have been in the courtyard outside and they would have been praying and they would have been watching the incense rise. What would they have been praying for in that moment? They would have been praying for the coming Messiah to come and to save them and to fulfill the plans and purposes for Israel. Isn't that amazing? That after 400 years of silence, God is speaking directly to Zechariah about the plans and purposes and about what is going to happen when people are outside praying for that very thing to come to pass. We need to understand that God so often speaks to us in this way. God so often speaks to us in the context of worship. The people were outside, they were seeking the face of God. They were seeking his plans and his purposes. They were praying for the coming Messiah. They were praying for it to come to pass. And all the time, God was revealing what was going to happen to Zechariah, just a few feet away. Friends, are you waiting for something right now? Are you waiting for this crisis to pass? Are you waiting for a miracle in your life? Are you waiting for God to move or God to speak? What should we do? we should worship. You see, it's in worship where we draw close to God. It's in worship where we capture something of the heart of God. It's in worship where we experience intimacy with the Almighty. But you know, our problem is that time and time again, we equate worship with merely sung worship. I mean, we don't necessarily say that, But on some level or another, at times, we all do exactly that. And you know, there is nothing like a good old-fashioned pandemic to expose the flaws in that thinking, is there? Because in the midst of a pandemic, let's be honest, our sung worship has been a little bit sketchy, hasn't it? And that's taking nothing away from the bands. We are blessed in this church with a group of amazing musicians. We are so blessed. So many churches would love to have the, the abilities that we have in this congregation. But let's call a spade a spade. At times, our sung worship has felt a little bit awkward, hasn't it? You're either in the room and you cannot sing along and you cannot engage with your voice as we sing, or you're at home and you feel a little bit odd, stood in front of a TV screen, singing at a TV screen. And what happens is that when it comes to sung worship, you can either feel like you're a spectator in the room or you feel totally and utterly disengaged when you're at home. I wonder if anyone can identify with that this morning over the course of these past weeks and months. You know, I believe there is a time, and at times, we have made an idol out of music and we have made an idol out of sung worship. If you don't believe me, you've only got to look at what happens in churches probably all over the globe, which is often dubbed worship wars, where people dig their heels in about the sort of song which they believe classifies as true worship. If it's not a hymn, I'm not singing it. If it doesn't have 50,000 repetitions in it, it's not worship. I can't draw close to God. We all have preferences when it comes to songs, and we butt heads over it as a result. But actually, if our worship is reduced to music, we've missed the points. Worship, true worship, is about ascribing God the place of honour in our life. It's about putting Him above everything. Work, music is a tool to help us and aid us in our worship, but it's not the only tool. You know, back in the 1990s, Soul Survivor Church in Watford was growing. They were putting on amazing festivals, which many people, probably even from this church, have been blessed with by going to and attending. And they were pumping out some amazing worship songs which have blessed the church globally and is still blessing the church globally. But there was a point where they realised that there was something in the dynamics of their song worship which was just not right. People seemed to have become consumers and the band lost their way a little bit as well. So during that time, the pastor did a very brave thing. He said, for a season, we won't have a band. We're going to get rid of the band and we're just going to use our voices. Initially, unplugging for this church led to an embarrassing silence. But eventually, the congregation began to rediscover their own voice. They began to sing unaccompanied. They began to offer heartfelt prayers of praise. They began to encounter God in a fresh way. And by the time they felt sufficiently ready to introduce the musicians and the sound system again, the church had found a new perspective on worship, that it's all about Jesus. And that demands a response from the heart doesn't matter what I'm singing, doesn't matter how it sounds, doesn't matter how it feels because it's not about me, it's all about him and that led to a song being penned which goes something like this, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart, I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my hearts. Friends, what is your worship life looking like at the moment? In this season, at the start of this new year, I want to encourage you once again to recommit to ascribing the place of honor to God in your life again. And in doing so, hear his voice again. We can have hope in a season of waiting, knowing that whatever we go through, nothing is wasted, that God is using each and every moment to prepare us for what is to come. We can have hope in a season of waiting by drawing close to God in worship and hearing his voice once again. And finally, we can have hope in a season of waiting because we can contemplate the plans that God has for our life. Look at verse 18 with me if you've got a Bible in front of you. We read these words Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Gabriel describes this plan to Zechariah in pretty great detail. And what it brings up in the life of Zechariah is a bunch of questions and a bunch of doubts about how, Zech- how God is going to accomplish these things. He says, Gabriel, I'm old, and my wife, she's knocking on a bit too. There is no way that this is going to come to pass. You see, what Zechariah does in that moment, he gives a human response to a supernatural announcement. He must be thinking to himself, why us? Why now? God could have answered my prayer many years ago. Why has he left it now? I'm not in my prime anymore. How on earth am I going to raise kids at my age? And what Gabriel says to Zechariah is meant to remind him how God works. He says, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. In other words, this is God's timing. This plan was put in place even before the beginning of time. God's timing rarely fits in with our way of thinking, does it? Have you noticed that in your own life? I certainly have in mind where I think I've got things planned. I think I know where things are going, but God's timing is something totally different. And at the time, I often can't understand it, but it's in that looking back where I can see how God has moved and what God has done. God knew exactly what was the best time for Jesus to be born. He knew exactly what was the best time to send the forerunner. And something like old age was not going to be a barrier to God's plans and his purposes and them being accomplished. Friends, what I want you to see today is that you can have hope in this next season. Not the kind of cheap New Year's Eve hope where we all get together and we sing Old Lang Sy and we love each other, but it's all gone by January the 5th. What I want you to see today is you can have hope in a season of waiting. 400 years of prayers for the promised Messiah, 400 years of silence. Then God moves in his time. We've seen today that there was a couple in a season of waiting, prayer, longing, yearning for a child, a promise which seemed like it would never be fulfilled. But then God moved. The truth is, they could have had their baby in their 20s or 30s, that might well have happened, but we would be none the wiser of this couple had that happened. But God's perfect timing bestows a far greater blessing on Zechariah and Elizabeth, that their story was intertwined with his story. And as a result, we're here and we're talking about them today. Are you down at the moment? Are you discouraged at the moment? Are you disengaged and in despair? Are you fed up with the season that we find ourselves in? Are you asking the question, God, what are you doing right now? What I want you to know today that is in the waiting, God is working. Don't bail on him, but fall on your knees and worship him. Ascribe to him once again the place of honour in your life. And come to him and listen and hear his voice again. Hear him say, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. I want to ask the band to come back up. And this morning, I want to pray for some people. One of the things that I grieve in not being able to meet together is having times of ministry where we can pray for people and pray into situations in people's lives, and ask the Holy Spirit to move. And I want to do that this morning here in the room and at home. If you're feeling discouraged at the start of this new year, if your heart is full of dread for what is coming in 2021, if you don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, I believe this morning God wants to draw close to you. And if that is you this morning, if you want prayer this morning, as we sing this next song, just write a comment in the comment section uh, that that's me, and I'll, I'll do my best to see those comments, and I'll pray for you right here and right now as we uh, interchange from worship to prayer this morning. And I believe this morning, just as we've seen in the book of Zechariah, uh, in, in the book of Luke today, that Gabriel speaks to Zechariah that God wants to speak to His people today. The same Holy Spirit that speaks to people throughout Scripture is the same Holy Spirit who speaks to us. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't switch off at this point. It's so easy, isn't it, to think when we're at home, it's all right, I'll do something else now, I'll get the roast dinner on, I'll get on with my day. But let's use this time as a response to what God might want to say to us. If you want prayer this morning, do write in the comments right now, that's me. And I want to encourage you, if you hear God's voice this morning giving you a scripture or a picture or a word of knowledge, write those in the comments too and we will share them with each other far and wide. Let's be church, let's be family, even when we can't be together. You can have hope in a season of waiting. God is preparing you for the next season. God wants to speak to you today. Let's contemplate what God might be saying and God might, what God might be doing and let's say yes and amen to his plans. Let's pray together. Father God, I want to pray for each and every person right now who is tuning in, who is watching this, who is part of this service today. Holy Spirit, at the start of 2021, may we be filled with hope, even though we're waiting. Lord, for the heart's desires that we might have right now, may you fulfill them this year. Lord, at the start of this year, may we hear your voice once again. Will you give scriptures and pictures to your people right now that your church might be built up? May we hear your voice as we worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together, church.